Well, again, good morning to you all. It's good to be with you this morning. And uh, we are wrapping up our series today uh, that we've been in through the season of Lent, which is the time between Ash Wednesday and Holy Week. And we've been thinking about different ways that Jesus calls his followers uh, to, to kind of implement and live out in their life practices or disciplines or ways of living. And so we've covered things like how Jesus calls his followers to be people of surrender, which by and large, that's what the whole Christian life is, a life of, of continually and daily surrendering over to Jesus, surrendering over to his way and his will, and, and ultimately letting go of our way and our will and submitting to him. And that's a lifelong journey, a lifelong attitude. Uh, we've talked about how Jesus has given us the gift of prayer, that we can take up this, this reality of talking to God and then having God respond to us and, and receiving his promises in that. We've talked about the scriptures and how people of, of faith take them and view them as, as the authority in their life and they shape their lives uh, on what it says and it shows us who God is for us and so we prioritize that and we take that in. And last week we talked about how community is something that we need, not just as people, like we need other people in our life, but we need specifically the people of Jesus in our life, and that that's where God works. And, and now we, we conclude this series with one last discipline or practice, which is a little bit different from all the rest. Um, and it's the practice, it's the discipline of, of daily trials or daily struggles. Now, I, I bring this up, and, and it's different than all the other ones because this is one that that while like, the topic of surrender may not be something we don't like, we can kind of wrap our minds around like, ah, yes, I'm going to do this, and this is for my good to surrender over to Jesus. It's like, how in the world is this supposed to be for my good? <laughs> to, to embrace the daily struggles, the daily trials, and, and it's nothing that we would ever choose. It's nothing we ever want, but the reality is we, we as people of faith, we embrace them in light of our faith. And that that's the thing that Jesus is inviting us to do, is that, that we would embrace the daily trials as they come in light of our faith and view them and interpret them and respond to them with our faith. That's the big idea for this morning. So, so something that I'm sure you all know, life is amazing. Life is beautiful. And really, it is. Like, it is amazing that we could get on a plane and you could fly however many thousands of feet in the air and you can get across the country in like record time. Imagine telling that to someone a hundred years ago. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> life is amazing. But beyond just the technological advances, life is amazing. I mean, now I know yesterday was not good. But listen, this is now we're entering the beautiful time of Michigan, right? Where now all of a sudden we're getting into spring, we're getting the glimpses of summer, and this is when people love to be outside and we love to do it. I was actually just talking to someone that the golf course for today, by the way, they had like over 100 tee times like lined up right in the morning, and I'm like, wow, okay, people want to be outside. Life is beautiful. Life is amazing for all kinds of reasons. And at the same time, we also know this. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life is full of a lot of struggle. Life is full of a lot of pain. 
And you can respond to that in a number of different ways. Like, like one way that you can respond to it is by uh, like a guy by the name of David Gerald, who, who he focused on like, hey, all there is is this pain. And here's what he said and kind of reflecting upon life. He says this, life is hard and then you die. Then they throw dirt on your face. Then the worms eat you. Be grateful it happens in that order. And in one sense, you get what he's saying of like, man, life is difficult, and, but just appreciate what you can. But, but for people of faith, we, we're called to respond to things in a certain way. And that's really what James is writing about in his letter. And so listen to this. James is writing his letter to, to Christians and, and Jewish people who were in what was known as the dispersion or what was known as kind of the, there was persecution happening and they needed to scatter around the known world, specifically in the Mediterranean. So they're, they're suffering for their faith. They could lose their lives for claiming the name of Jesus. And even more than that, they're simply just living in a time in the first century where just life is really, really hard. Like they didn't have modern medicine. They didn't have all the things we have now that make life comfortable or make life easier, but they had incredible difficulties. Like for instance, one thing that they dealt with was this harsh reality that, that at least a third, if not more, children who were born did not live to see their first birthday. And that was a reality of the ancient world. And so James is writing this letter to people who know trials, who know sufferings. And he says this in in verses 1 to 2 that we just heard. He said, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, in other words, all those Christians and all those who have have been dispersed, greetings, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. In other words, he's saying, Hello, everyone. I'm writing to you. Life is hard. Let's talk about it. Life is difficult. Life is painful. And he's telling this to them, and they know that. They understand that. And he uses this word trial. And when you hear that word trial, here's what I want you to think of. I want you to think of this, what what he was talking about, what the scriptures talk about, these daily trials we have. A trial is, is whenever we have expectations and they are not met and it makes life difficult. That's a trial. It's when we have a desire, we have a hope, and it's not realized, and it makes life hard, it makes life painful. That's a trial. And James is saying, you're going to have big ones and small ones of all kinds of sizes. Like, you're going to want your drive on 94 to be clear, and there not to be stupid drivers on the road. But what happens? You get into rush hour traffic, and your expectations are not met. What is that? That's a trial. It makes it difficult. You have children who you want them to listen to you. They don't. That is a trial. It's a difficulty. You get a phone call from your doctor, and you you would love it if your doctor would contact you with just amazing news, right? Like, hey, you got a clean bill of health. You're doing amazing. But, But no, it's... It's with a diagnosis that you weren't expecting. It's a trial. It's a pain. All of these things in life. We have hopes, we have desires, and whenever they're not met, and whatever they are, the big things or the small things, trials come. 
Life becomes more difficult. Life becomes more painful. And James really, at a very basic level, is saying to, to followers of Jesus, we don't ignore it, but we admit it, and, and in some sense, we, we embrace it to some level. Not that we want it, but we kind of don't, don't skirt away from it or avoid the pain, but we acknowledge it, and we say, yes, this is a part of life. And, and that may not seem like a big deal, but for, for actually, I think, a lot of people, that is a big first step. Because maybe some of you are, are people who, who never want to admit the pains and the trials and the difficulties because you don't want people to think that you're just a big complainer. And so you just keep it all in, you ignore it, you have the stiff upper lip, because you, you don't want to be a bother on anyone, you don't want to see like someone who's ungrateful or complaining, and so you never say anything is wrong. But James, James wants you to know that it's okay to say that, that things are not okay, that things are hard, that you're going through difficulties, that there's something in you that's difficult. That doesn't make you a complainer. That makes you human. But, but also for followers of Jesus, this is a big first step because maybe some people are taught, and maybe you were taught this at one point, or, or you had the thought of, if I just started following Jesus and I believe in him enough, things will get better. My life will improve. My relationships will, will no longer be fractured if I just follow Jesus hard enough, if I believe him enough, if I do enough for him, whatever it is, and, and, and James is reminding us, and really Jesus would remind us, that he never promised that. Jesus never promised that life would get easier or better following him. He, he, he said that it's going to be painful, it's hard, but what he did say is that in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our trials, we have a great hope that will not let us down. That, that you have a hope in the midst of whatever trial it is, whether big or small, your hope is that, that you know you're forgiven because Jesus Christ has lived, died for you. You have a hope that, that we're about to celebrate in a couple weeks that Jesus Christ is not dead but alive and he's conquered the greatest enemy that any of us could face. Any, of, any, any human could ever face, Jesus conquered it in his resurrection. You have hope in that. And beyond that, he promises that, that that's your future too. That whatever trial you're going through has, has an end date. And that beyond that, his his resurrected promises are given to you. That's the hope you have, and that can never be taken away. And so in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your pain, we grab a hold of that, and we cling to that, which frees us up to say, I'm not okay. Things aren't okay. This is hard. This is painful. This is a trial. You can admit it and embrace it. But James kind of goes one step further, and he, he wants to help us view these trials in a certain way. So you admit them, but also from, from a perspective of faith, we view them and interpret them in a certain way. He continues in verses 2 and following. He says this, "'Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness.'" And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
See, this is really what he's inviting people of faith to do, is that, that when we meet trials, and we will, when they meet us, he says, here's how to view them. We're to view them as God working in and through us. That God is using even this to work in me and transform me and to work through me in the lives of others. You know, when I hear these words of James, I think about those people that, that take, like, raw material, like metal. Like you just get, like, sheets of metal, you get scraps of metal, and maybe it's an artist or an engineer or, like, some sort of really smart person. They have an idea, they have a vision of, like, hey, here's what we're going to make this. Like, we're going to make it a chair, or we're going to make it a piece of art, or whatever it is. They know, like, here's the, here's the end product that we're working towards, but right now we just got this, like, raw material, this metal. And, and here's the thing, especially with metal, what do you need to do to take it from, from that state and get it to its, its finished product, its complete and perfect product. You got to apply some things to it. You got to apply a lot of heat to it. And then when it's nice and hot, you got to apply a lot of pressure to it to mold it and shape it and transform it. And I think about that image when I think about James's words, because what he's saying is this, that when the trials come, people of faith, we admit, man, this isn't fun, I don't like this, I don't want to be in this, but at the same time, we confess, God, you're at work even in this. You're going to use even this. You're going to use even this to transform me and mold me and make me that that thing more and more in your image. You're going to use even this, this big or small trial. That's the perspective of people of faith. And, And I know many of us may say, like, man, that's not pleasant. That's not fair. Why would God work that way? Why would he use the difficulties to mold us and shape us? Why can't he use, like, the amazing things? And I would put it back to you, like, nothing in life works that way. Nothing in life gets molded and shaped in profound ways through times of, like, ease and comfort. Like, character isn't built when there's no resistance. No, you build your character, and your character is shown and molded and tested, not when things are going amazing, but when things are tough and hard. Faith shows itself not when there's no need for faith, but when but when you're in the middle of it and you're clinging to the promises of God in the midst of, in the midst of struggle and faith is built and molded and shaped, it happens through those times of difficulty. You know, think about the, the high school student who decides, I'm going to go into track and field. I want to start doing that for school. And they go to the first practice and they start running and doing all the workouts and the drills and then they come home and they tell their parents, they tell you, Mom, Dad, like, my body hurts so much. Like, I didn't know I had these muscles, and they're throbbing and and so much pain. I must be doing something wrong. And you as a parent are wise and smart, and you're like, no, you're not doing anything wrong. That's kind of means you're doing it right. Because you're putting effort and exertion, you're being stretched and molded, and it's difficult and hard, but but through it, you're building that steadfastness, that endurance. You're being molded and shaped. You know, faith, when you think about it, faith, one way to, to describe it is, 
seeing things from God's point of view and believing what he sees. Faith is seeing things from God's perspective and believing what he sees. So think about the trial that you have, whether big or small. What we look at is we see the trial and we see whatever it is, the diagnosis, the traffic jam, the the unruly child, or whatever it is, whatever the trial is, we see that and we focus on the trial. And from God's perspective, he's not as focused on the trial itself. He's focused more on who you're becoming. That's what God is focused on. Who are you becoming? How can he mold and strengthen your character, your faith, your your trust in him, your love for others? How can that be molded and shaped? And that's what God is interested in. That's what God is focused on. And he can use all things, even the trial we're in, to mold us and shape us into the person he's making us. And when we see that perspective, we can say things like, man, this is hard. I don't like this. I don't want this. I wouldn't wish this upon anybody, and I wish I didn't have it. But God, I know you're working through it. I know you're working in me. I know that you will be faithful in this in me. That's what we do as people of faith. We embrace it, and we interpret it, we view it through God's perspective. And and James really kind of underlines it and really says how to do it in those first four words he says to them. He gives his greetings, and he says four words. This is how you do it. This is how how you see it from God's perspective. It's four words. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Now, that word he uses for count is actually the word, like, categorize. Like, how do you, how do you categorize something in your life? Something happens to you, you're going to categorize it. You're going to view it in a certain way. Like, which bucket are you going to put it in? Uh, something happens, a trial occurs. Do you put it in the, okay, this is me being punished bucket, which some people do. When we face difficulties or hardships, I'm being punished for something. I'm going to put it in that bucket. Or we put it in the, the world is out to get me. This is all personal. Everybody's against me. We put it in the personal bucket. Or we put it in the, man, I'm such a failure. I've done all these bad things, and, and I'm a failure, so why else wouldn't this, you know, why this certainly would happen to me? We put it in the failure bucket. And James is saying this, don't put it in any of those buckets. When you, as a follower of Jesus, when you face trials, you put it in the joy bucket. Which you may be tempted to think James is saying, slap on a smile and just be happy. And he's not saying that. Like, he's not saying, like, what I've learned from from being married to my wife, and she did competitive cheerleading back when she was in high school and middle school. But you don't know about that. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Like, the things they do, they, like, catapult people, like, I don't know, 50,000 feet in the air. I don't know, it feels like they launch people in the air and they're building pyramids all over, all this crazy stuff. Now here's the thing you need to know about this. When they're doing their routines, you have to smile all the time. I don't care if your leg just broke. You're smiling as you're writhing on the ground. You gotta slap it on and you can't let anybody know that you're in pain. And we may be tempted to think, well, that's what James is telling us, and he's not. 
He's not telling us to just simply, well, just be happy. No, he's saying that you have joy even in the trials. And he anchors the joy, the biblical anchor of joy is, is, is chiefly in what Jesus has done for us. And that can never be taken away. The joy that you are chosen by God. You personally are chosen by him. You are loved and forgiven by him. And more than that, God promises you that because you were chosen, you were loved, you were his child, he is at work in you. And so we hold on to that, and that is our joy. That God is with us, he loves us, and he is working in us. And as we hold tight to that, we know the joy that we have. And so even when we face the difficulties, we can say, this is a part of my joy because God is going to use even this. Even though it's hard and painful, he's going to use this to transform me, to make me more and more into his image. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote these words in 2 Corinthians. And I got to tell you, this is probably one of the most confusing yet comforting verses in the whole Bible. Here's what Paul said. For our slight momentary afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Maybe you've heard that Bible verse before. I think it's super confusing because Paul, if you know anything about his life, faced shipwrecks, faced persecution, faced near point of death, was in prison, all of these things for talking about Jesus. And he is looking at that and saying, for these slight momentary afflictions. And I'm confused by that because I'm like, Paul, those are not slight nor momentary. <laughs> those are harsh. And that was a long time for you to endure it. And yet in the same breath he says, these things are happening and yet at the same time he knows God's at work in them. They're preparing for him, preparing in him for a glory that is going to be beyond anything he can imagine. What's he doing in that? He's counting it as joy. He recognizes the pain. This isn't good, but God is at work in it. And if you ever doubt that, if you ever wonder, how can I know that to be true, we look to the cross as the ultimate proof. The cross where God himself went through the biggest trial that any human has ever faced. The trial of sin and ultimately death placed upon him. And God used even that to bring about the salvation of the entire world. This is how God works. Through our trials, he still works in us. So I mentioned that this is the conclusion of our series. And I think this is probably one of the more difficult ones for us to grasp and to live out, because when you think about surrender or scripture or prayer, we choose to do those things. Like we choose to, to put the Bible more in our lives, we choose to pray, we choose to kind of lay our will down to Jesus, but when it comes to daily trials, we don't really choose those. Like they choose us. Like they're put in front of us and we just have to respond and people of faith, we're encouraged and we're called to respond 
through the lens of our faith, knowing that God is at work even in them to transform us and to work through us in the lives of others. Amen.